0: This is episode 242, Stop Being Needy with Carson. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they wanna accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you again for joining me. As a reminder, every Wednesday I put up a coaching session where you get to be a fly on the wall during an unscripted, unproduced, unedited coaching session between me and an amazing person. Really excited to have a gentleman joining me today. Mostly get ladies that call in for coaching. So, guys, come on. I know you listen. I hear from you on Instagram. Let's get you on the show. You got to (laughs) represent. And every Saturday I put up something called Coach's Corner, which is either an interview or me teaching you something or maybe a meditation. So you can check those out as well. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you new people listening to the show. It is so awesome to have you in the community. Please make sure that you're joining Steph and I for the free calls and meditations that we've been doing for the past, gosh, six to seven weeks. We've been doing two a week. We're going to be doing the free calls for just a little while longer. So you'll want to join us for that. It's christinehasler.com slash free call to join us for that. One more thing I want to remind you of before we dive in, our Be the Queen program, which is a program for women who are ready to call in their amazing partner, their amazing king, is starting up May 5th. So registration is almost closing for that, but there's still time to join us if you go to christinehaster.com slash Be the Queen. As you're listening to this call, consider, did you have your needs met as a child? If not, do you think that has made you needy as an adult? Have you ever thought, or perhaps maybe you even know that you have some codependent behaviors? Do people consistently disappoint you, misunderstand you, or abandon you? Have you ever felt truly seen and understood by someone? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching session with Carson. Carson, welcome to the show. How can I help?
1: Hi, Christine. Thank you so much, first of all, for all your videos and everything. They've been amazing. I'm struggling a lot right now because of all that's going on. And, you know, I have to be at home quarantined. And uh, I'm in a long distance relationship. I've been in it for about a year now. And it's, I've had to hide it because it's someone of the same sex. And I've been questioning that for a long time. And, Mm. you know, where do I want to fit in? Mm -hmm. And I, I came from a very judgmental household Mm. and it's overall, it's gotten better, but being quarantined, there's still moments where, you know, it comes up and. What comes um, up specifically? Like screaming or, you know, judging, criticizing, or I hear their resentment and, Oh, you're living with your family now? Yeah. Okay, got it. And I have a sister that I'm not super close with because of all of it. And, you know, there are bright moments, but overall it's just tough. And I just want to be, you know, with him. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of former conflict with him and a couple of his friends that never got really resolved. And now that I've had time to think about it, it's all coming to the surface. Mm -hmm. And,. Also, I just came from San Francisco. I've been out there for almost three years, and it was a very painful experience. I just, I didn't have one friend. It was like every door closed. It was one of those things. It's like if everything was going to go wrong, it was at that time. And I mean, really, the last eight years have been rough. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I really want to move past all of those experiences. And I also don't want to have fear anymore, like my um, the person I'm seeing, for example, if I don't get a call from him in 10, 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, I freak out. Yeah. And I, he only, only once in a blue moon does it happen where, you know, he doesn't call me back and it's for a good reason. But I mean, overall, it's coming along nicely, but it's just, it's this fear that I have. And what's the I fear? Really wanna, if you
0: could name the fear, what would the fear be? I'm scared that.
1: Um, I'll be abandoned because I've been abandoned a lot in the past by people. And I've come from a very codependent state of mind. And Mm -hmm. that turned a lot of people off in my past. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: When you say you've been abandoned by people, do you mean in romantic relationships? Or does that go back to family and parents?
1: Well, actually, mostly when I say that, I'm talking more about friendships, actually, than anything else. I did have a relative that did abandon me um for part of that reason I think um but yeah also parents that they didn't abandon me but they just they didn't know what to do with me and it led to a lot of anger and resentment and screaming and you? you know yelling and it took yeah at me and in general at, you yeah. know, each other it's just it's taken a huge toll
0: yeah yeah There's Uh a, there's a lot here. There's a lot. And I don't mean that in the way of, Oh my gosh, this is so much to unpack. There's, there's a lot that's happened, but it's on one particular theme. So we can probably piece together that you have a little bit of an anxious attachment style because your parents weren't really emotionally there for you. So you might have even an anxious avoidant attachment style, um, but we don't need to throw labels on it like that and codependent and whatever. Bottom line, your whole life you felt misunderstood.
1: Yes, And correct.
0: You, you felt not seen, not supported, and therefore not safe. So it would make sense that if your whole life you felt that way, then not getting a call back from the person that you're seeing triggers that fear of, oh, no, like I'm on my own again. I'm left to my own devices again. Because I'm sure that in some ways, this person that you're dating is one of the few people in your life that you feel understands you, or at least more than other people. Definitely. Is that correct? Yeah.
1: Definitely. Yes. Yeah.
0: Which is a beautiful thing. Which is a beautiful thing. And I also understand why in the past you've pushed people away because maybe you came across as too needy, wanting too much, requiring too much of them. And that wasn't because you are necessarily a needy person, Carson. It's because there's a little guy in there who is so scared that he's going to be left on his own again, just like he was as a kid. And the one person that he feels like may understand him is, is going to go away. And so that's why you cling on really tight to anyone that you feel understands you even just a little
1: bit. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Def- definitely.
0: So what's so amazing about the time we're in now is that it really is a great awakening. There's no way around it. I mean, for us to be having a global crisis, it has to lead to mm-hmm. great awakening. <laughs> it just, it's just yeah. must. And so what is happening for all of us as individuals is anything shadowy, which isn't doom and gloom. It's just the unresolved wounds inside of us. Anything shadowy is coming up into the light. So what that is for you is, one, not feeling like you really fit in with your family, and two, having this sort of anxious attachment style that makes you grip on to whoever you're in partnership with, never really feeling settled. And in that, you can't mm-hmm. really open your heart fully to to trust again, especially if you've been mistreated in the past by other people. Everything I'm saying yes. making sense?
1: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: If this is a deeply healing opportunity for all of us to heal the things that are no longer sustainable, what do you think are the old wounds that you've been carrying around for how old are you now?
1: I'm 22.
0: Okay. For at least two decades, maybe.
1: (laughs) What what
0: do you think some of those wounds are that, and, and maybe even old limiting beliefs that need to go because they're not sustainable?
1: Well, it's funny you say that, actually, because the one wound, I mean, there's been a lot, but the one wound that's on my mind the most is actually it was just after my 21st birthday, I had this woman named Sharon that I was really close to. And she's been through a lot of trauma in her life and she was abused and all this bad history, but she also felt I was too needy. And like, I would call her eight or 10 times if I didn't get a reply. And that night of that 21st birthday party, which was later, you know, it it was in the dark long story. And, you know, it just, you know, she just started screaming and was like, I'm done. And then I tried to reach out to her a month later, no reply. And even when my dog died, because she loves dogs, I tried to reach out to her again and no reply. But she reached out to the person I'm seeing and asked him to let me know, you know, to pray for the dog, basically. And but I I've well, a couple of things. I've had trouble getting her out of my head For some reason, I was so attached to her and her ways. For a long time, I was haunted by that night, and it took me months and months and months to get over it. And now it's just been her. And now, also, it's just the pain of all the pain that I've gone through. I think about the whole year that I've kind of wasted on energizing her. And also, I was frustrated, too, because with her and another person, my partner, I didn't feel stood up to them in the way that I wanted him to. And he I feel like he gets it now because when I talk to him, he's finally saying, Yes, no one's gonna disrespect you and they're not gonna be allowed to stay with me. And but I had to push him and push him and at
0: the same time I get let me ask you a question. Yeah. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: What do you want
1: from me? From you? Mm Mm-hmm. Just to help me free my mind so that I don't have to worry about all this stuff anymore.
0: Okay. Free your mind how?
1: I guess just I want to figure out how I can release all of this garbage that I've been going through.
0: Right. Well, the the garbage that you've been going through, it's not what you've been going through. It's how you relate to it. Right. And I can't do that for you. So the thing that I'm noticing is there is a neediness. And that's not, I'm not saying you are needy. You're in a behavioral pattern of neediness. And it's like you want to tell me every possible thing, so I really understand how hard life has been for you. And I get that. I really get that. But what I want you to know is that the per the only person, the only person in the whole wide world who can help you with this and really solve this for you is you. It's the only person. And What from from where I where I sit and just hearing you and listening to you, Uh there's a deep issue of just really not trusting yourself, which is why you grab on and attach to specific people. And inside, there's a a little guy in there again, looking for a mom, looking for a dad, looking for someone to come and save him. And what we're all learning right now, especially as we're awaiting. The government to save us, or the healthcare system to save us, or whoever we're projecting the savior on. What we're all learning right now, one of the collective lessons is that we must save ourselves. We must find our own answers inside. And a big part of that is figuring out how to get your needs met. Because the only way the mind will stop going and the behavior will stop is if you start meeting the needs that you project on these other people yourself. For example, what did you want from Sharon?
1: I think just for her to support me and love me and, you know, I liked her energy. What did you like about it? Even though it was different. It was fun. There was a lot of drama involved, most of the time in a good way. I mean it in the sense of she was just very bubbly and I enjoyed that.
0: You enjoyed the lightness.
1: Um, the lightness yeah but at the same time there was also a lot of problems like screaming and you know swearing and cursing which i was used to
0: exactly so in a way it's like you were looking for mom and you wanted yeah. this fun light mom but you also are attracting the familiar which is the emotionally unstable reactive and also judgmental of you so In terms of why I asked you that question of what did you want from her, you wanted what you want from everybody, which is just acceptance. But the thing is, the deeper thing, and this won't be a surprise to you, is you don't really accept yourself. You're looking for someone else to come in and save you and tell you you're worthy. And I understand why you have a lot of childhood wounding, both with parents that didn't understand you, a lot of yelling, a lot of judging, coming to turn with your own sexuality and not having shame about that. Like, I understand there's a full stack here to deal with, but it's not insurmountable. And no, like I said, no one else, no one else in the whole wide world is ever going to make this better for you. It doesn't matter if you date the most perfect person in the world. It doesn't matter if you have the most incredible friend. The only one that can change this is you. So I want to ask you, Carson, how do you think, because you have the answers inside. How do you think you can start to shift some of the pain that you've been in?
1: Well, I'm right now, I'm actually in the process of, Writing an opera because I'm Ooh. a singer, and it's about a um, kind of about myself and about a lot of the experiences I'm going through. And we're having our first play reading this weekend, so that's kind of a step. It's kind of getting to share my story so other people can have hope, yes. kind of a thing.
0: Yes, and the creativity is a beautiful channel for self-expression. And I'm also curious about the inner work that you're doing. What are you doing inside yourself?
1: Well, like during this time, I'm going for a lot of walks. Uh, I pray a lot cause I'm, and I meditate a lot. I have a hot tub at my house that I go in every day, sometimes twice a day. I try to just calm my mind and just kind of I accept myself. But that's also the struggle that I've been facing is how do I just all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, you don't do it all of a sudden. You actually accept <laughs> The frustration. You accept the judgment. You accept accept the obsessive thinking and behavior. You're trying the, the self that you want to accept is not the self that you're currently living. It's like this idealized version of yourself. And so mm-hmm. I love that you're meditating and walking and going into the hot tub and all those things. What's missing from my perspective is the emotional release. Because you've got like a beach ball that you're trying to hold underwater. You had to hold so much inside and, and writing an opera is a great outlet, but it's not going to get all of it. And so I'd encourage you to do the release writing. I know you live with your family. So the temper tantrum technique may be a little harder, but it's getting out a lot of the, the feelings, not in a journaling reflecting way, but just in a letting them out and letting them rip and ripping it up afterwards, you know, screaming into a pillow, those kinds of things. That's going to be important as equally important is learning how to attune to your own needs. So for example, let's say your partner, I'll just call him John. Let's say John doesn't call you back and you start freaking out. You notice it. You go, okay, I'm noticing the part of me that's anxious. I'm noticing the part of me that wants to call him 20,000 times right now. Okay, that must not be all of me because I can notice it. Anything that we can notice is not us, right? So I want you to slow this way down. I want you to notice it and then say, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop this behavior. I'm consciously choosing to stop. What do I need in this moment? So how you can answer that question is by thinking about how you want to feel. So let's use the example of you're trying to call John. He doesn't answer. You want to call him 10 times. He finally calls you back. How do you feel when you get that call back?
1: Still anxious. Still anxious. Still, well, if I've called 10 times, I mean, when I get the call, most of the time I feel relieved. Exactly. And just happy.
0: Exactly. Relieved and happy. Yeah. So Mm got to ask yourself, what do I need in this moment to bring myself relief and happiness? Because most likely, Carson, if you keep outsourcing your relief and happiness, You'll keep drawing people into your life that somehow feel like they abandon you or don't understand you because your soul so wants you to learn that your relief and happiness doesn't reside in another human being it resides inside of you so that you can have peace and calm. So I'm going to go through this step-by-step again with you. Okay. You call John. You really want to talk to him. He doesn't answer. You start to feel anxious. More time goes by you want to call them again, you go, Oh, wow, there's the part of me. And I really want you to identify it as a part of you. You could even name it that like obsessive, anxious part. You could call that part Jerry or something like that. There's Jerry, or you could give an animal, you know, maybe it's like a, I don't know what's a pesty animal, like a squirrel or something. They just don't give up. Yeah. There's that squirrel. Mm-hmm. Okay. I notice it. That's not me. That's a part of me. Okay. What does that part Uh want to feel? That part wants to feel joy and happiness. You know, it's like, you can always think whatever you're wanting, whether it's Sharon calling you or John or whoever, you can always think, what do, what will I feel when they call or when I hear from them or when I get that apology Uh or whatever, whatever that feeling is, then you ask yourself, how do I generate this feeling inside of me right now? And you start right. meeting your own needs. So let's experiment with it. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's one of those moments where you don't hear from him. You're getting super anxious. You want to call and you ask yourself, what do I need in this moment to feel relief and happiness? What could you do mm-hmm. for yourself in that moment?
1: Um, go downstairs and get a nice drink and just relax. Uh, listen to a favorite song of mine. Mm-hmm. Um. Just to do some writing, journaling, maybe read an article online that I've been wanting to right. read. Those
0: are all good ideas, but what do all those things have in common? They all involve something uh, outside of you. They all involve right. the, the drink or the music or the blog to calm you down. Mm-hmm. So right. that's a good first step. But what I eventually want you to get to is not need anything outside of you. So for example... You could put one hand on your heart and one hand on your belly and breathe and say, I'm safe and I'm loved. Mm -hmm. I'm safe Mm -hmm. and I'm loved. And you could think of something that brings you happiness. And then you could just feel that feeling of happiness so that you see that you can generate these feelings without anything outside of you. Because you grew up in a home where you weren't really supported and seen in the way that you needed It's sort of like a part of you got fragmented and is constantly seeking safety, solace, and acceptance that you so needed from your mom and dad that you didn't get. And I'm sorry you didn't get that, my love. I'm sorry. However, Mm -hmm. I know that you have all the tools and resources within you to know that you absolutely can solve this inside yourself. 1,000 trillion percent. But the biggest thing is you can't look for a quick fix. Right. And quick fixes are the callback. Quick fixes are, let me listen to some music and just kind of distract myself. I want you to go into it because the longer you distract yourself, the longer you're going to avoid feeling the feelings and getting deep enough inside yourself to really, really listen to what you need and trust yourself that you can fulfill those needs.
1: So and I I have one other question that I noticed there's something I noticed I have trouble with and I assume it relates to this is I have trouble with a conflict in life that's been unresolved. I constantly want to go back and mentally play it in my head. What went wrong? What could I have done differently? What should this person have done? What should that person have done? And is it for the same reason? What do you think? I I assume so But yeah. I It's <laughs> tricky. Well I, what I, I've been
0: So what do you think it could be about?
1: Because maybe I I wasn't heard as a kid, so I want my voice heard.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's all about that. Am I loved? Am I lovable? Mm -hmm. Do you see me? Mm -hmm. Am I safe? You're just constantly seeking these critical things that you didn't get as a child. It makes perfect sense to me. Perfect Mm -hmm. sense. But again, our soul wants us to evolve, especially now. And your soul Uh wants you to learn how to give those things to yourself, to be your own best friend, to be your own parent, to be your own lover, all those things. And then what's so beautiful about that is that our relationships become more about sharing in the love and sharing in the joy than hooking in or plugging into somebody else for a sense of relief or safety or understanding.
1: Right. right.
0: Which is mm-hmm. a much healthier way to have a relationship. If you really do this, and it will be it won't be an overnight thing. This could take a while, it could take years, but if you start today, it's gonna to start getting better immediately. And it's wonderful, you're only 22, You've got a whole life ahead of you. And it's wonderful that we're having mm-hmm. this conversation now. I'm sure people that are 52 are hearing this and I wish they could have had this conversation now because they're still learning how to love themselves and parent themselves. I assure definitely. you that it can shift, but mm-hmm. you have to not be looking for anything outside of you to create the shift. You have to believe that right. you can do it inside yourself. And if you need to borrow my belief until yours gets stronger, that's fine. Cause I do believe in you.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Does this help a little bit? Yeah.
1: Oh, a lot. I feel much better already, actually. And I feel hope. Yeah. My hope is that when I, when this all is over that, because I have been kind of working on what you said this whole time by meditating and trying to accept myself, but not, but you put it in a whole new way. And it's like, now I really hope when this whole thing is over that I can come out a much more loving person and that I'm able to love myself. So that way I, I I can love others in a, in a healthy way.
0: Well, and I get that you do love in healthy ways already, Carson. You do. It's just about being even healthier and loving yourself so fully, so you can trust and open mm-hmm. up and love someone
1: else so fully. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: You got this.
1: Mm-hmm. I think so. I believe so.
0: There you go. I believe so. Much better. (laughs) Enough thinking. Time to start
1: believing. (laughs) I know so. There you go. I like it. There you go.
0: I deeply acknowledge Carson for his honesty, his willingness, and his courage. How amazing that a 22-year-old young man is doing this kind of work so early in life. Uh, So, so great. Actually, when I think about it, 22 is when I met Mona. <laughs> so that is a good age to start this kind of work. Mona was my first coach. Let's discuss this call a little bit. Carson called in to get help on changing his mindset about certain things. He he wanted to get over certain things he kept thinking about. But what I really feel he needed more than anything else is just to feel understood and to get some tools to deal with his, his neediness, his rather anxious attachment, and codependent behavior. So his whole life, he's felt unseen, judged, rejected, and even abandoned. He didn't really feel like he was accepted for who he was, is, by his family, specifically his parents. And that really is traumatizing. So there are some big core wounds here that he's been dealing with his whole life. And the main issue that's keeping him from overcoming a lot of these wounds that are perpetuating some of the patterns of neediness is that he keeps looking for someone to understand him and see him fully. So it's the classic case of looking for what we didn't get as a child in other people as an adult. So since he didn't get that constant love, attention, affection, approval, all those things, he's looking for that in friends, in relationships, and he's continuing to feel rejection. And when he does have someone in his life like his boyfriend now, then he, he grips on really tight because he's so afraid to lose them. But as we discussed, the healing really for Carson is an inside job. No one, for him or for any of you listening, is ever going to just make those wounds go away. We we have to fill those voids with ourselves. So, let's dive into codependence a little bit and what causes the neediness aspect of it. So, codependence is generally caused by living in an abusive or neglectful household or even relationship and When I say abusive, yes, if it's physically, emotionally, mentally, sexually abusive, that's pretty obvious, but it doesn't necessarily have to be abusive to create codependent behavior. It can just be neglectful. You can feel judged. And a lot of us could argue that is a form of emotional abuse. So I just don't want the word abuse to make you think that you may not have codependent behavior because you weren't, quote unquote, abused. Basically anything that made you feel small or unsafe or unimportant as a child or adolescent can create codependent behaviors. They exist like that needing to attach to someone else are developed as a way to counteract those feelings of feeling small and unimportant. You try to grab onto somebody to feel needed or to have them choose you or to feel important in their eyes. So Codependence can kind of work two ways. Either you can be the person that people need, so you can jump into caretaking, rescuing, where people really need you, or you can be super needy, and that causes the graspiness. And I use words like codependence, I use anxious attachment style. Don't worry about the labels. The bottom line is Carson is just grasping on to anything and anyone he can to make him feel worthy. But again, that's the inside job. And that behavior of grasping onto others and being kind of needy is what's not sustainable for him anymore. And when I asked him, what do you think is not sustainable for you anymore? He started talking about Sharon and this other person who abandoned him and went on and on into this story. And I interrupted him. And I really want to just do a side note to the coaches out there to not be afraid to interrupt your clients, especially people that run codependent patterns and neediness. Because one thing that they will do unconsciously is just tell story after story after story, often a story that portrays them somewhat as a victim. Because unconsciously, they're just so afraid that they're unimportant and you don't understand them, that they will just keep talking and talking and talking and talking. And it's so actually healthy to lovingly interrupt that pattern rather than just letting them run on their story and interrupt them with an empowering question. So what I did is I said, Carson, what is it that you need from me? Because I really wanted him to see if he could sink into what he was actually calling me for. Because the funny thing is about when we're in needy patterns is that usually we're running these patterns and they're more graspy and needy, but we don't actually know what we need. So he said, can you help me change my mindset? And again, from my perspective, that's not necessarily what he needs. He needs some patterns of behavior he can put in place to start interrupting the grasping, needing patterns that he's running. Because his mindset, the obsessive thinking, is caused by the pattern. So we can't change the mindset until we change the pattern. And what I kept overemphasizing to Carson is the only person that can resolve this within him is himself. No perfect friend or partner can do that for him or you. You got to learn how to really trust yourself so you stop grabbing on and clinging on to other people or allowing other people to cling on to you for your worth. And you've really, really got to learn. Anyone who has any codependent neediness patterns running, you've got to learn to get your needs met in side yourself. And remember, it's not a quick fix. And the longer you distract, the longer you avoid it, but nothing is insurmountable. Nothing is insurmountable. You can get to the other side of this. So takeaways. I'll break down again what I did for Carson. So he has this pattern, and many of you can probably relate to this, to getting really anxious when he can't get a hold of his boyfriend. So I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. You don't hear from someone, you start thinking obsessively, you get anxious, so on and so forth. So I broke down how to break free of this pattern. First thing is you identify it, you see it, you see yourself in it. Wow, here I am in this pattern. Name it, give it a name like, I don't know, whatever name you want, Heather, Juliet, Tom, or, no offense to any of you name that, or give it an animal. Sometimes I like giving things animal animals because it just kind of can capture the behavior of the pattern. So I suggested a squirrel. Squirrels are kind of menaces. They don't give up. So name it. See it. Name it. Acknowledge it. And accept it. Say, hi, squirrel. I see that you're here. I see that you really want something that you can't have right now. And I'm here. I'm here. So let me ask you a question, Squirrel. How do you think you'd feel when, I'm just using the example from Carson, John calls you back? And then you think about those feelings. So I'd feel relieved. I'd feel happy. I'd feel worthy, whatever it may be. And then you ask again, well, how can I generate those feelings for you right now, squirrel? How can I do that for you right now? What do I need in this moment to feel those feelings? And then you start giving yourself that. And I promise you, if you do that consistently over time the pattern will start to disengage. Just remember, you are loved, you are safe, and you are seen. And if you want to dive into this even deeper, I highly suggest you join my personal mastery course. It's my online personal development course. And you get monthly, for a year in the program, you get monthly group coaching calls with me where you can get on the phone and ask me questions one-on-one. The community is awesome. And we're offering a $200 discount right now. If you go to christinehaster.com slash mastery, go to the checkout page, enter the promo code health, and you will see the $200 come off. We also have a 12-month payment program. That's a great way to get extra support. So remember, nothing is insurmountable. If you have codependent neediness patterns, it's not who you are. They're just patterns. Stop saying, I am needy or I am codependent. Stop, stop, stop it. Instead, say, there are some codependent patterns that I'm running. Or sometimes I have some needy patterns that are running. But don't say you are these things. You don't want to slap labels on yourself. okay? They're useful in terms of understanding how certain behavior works but they're not useful in terms of labeling ourselves. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode.